0: and remember, quoting is for the weak. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. What's up, Permission Nation? This is Charles Specht, host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. It is great to be with you today. And I want to ask you a question about whether or not you actually feel your prospects resonate with you. Do they like you Do they know you? Do your prospects trust you? Because if you've heard it before, obviously, they do business with those they know, like, and trust, right? So the question then is, are you likable? Are you trustable? That's really the issue. We're going to talk about today on what it really takes to be able to attract your ideal customer, And I want to give you a little bit of a hint because I always like to throw curveballs at you. And I truly believe that the the success rate of being able to attract your ideal client comes from being able to repel those who are not. When I was a little kid, I grew up in Illinois and Wisconsin. And when I had a chance uh, to move out to California, I was pretty excited about it. And when I knew I was leaving California, I didn't want to move back to Wisconsin or Illinois, partly because of the amazing amount of snow and cold weather they get. But also, frankly, I don't like mosquitoes. I don't like mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are no fun, they serve no purpose for the most part, as far as we're concerned, they don't really help us at all. They just, um, you know, I'm sure they're doing stuff on, the, uh, on their own time that's you know, helpful to the ecology and, and to the land and so forth. But frankly, I don't like mosquitoes. Why? Because they steal my blood, because they poke their sharp little beaks into my skin and it hurts and it scratches and it's no fun. And I remember being a kid that there would be swarms of mosquitoes that would live in the shade They would live in the shade, even if it was hot out, even if it was like 100 degrees out in the sun. In the shade, the mosquitoes would just be there lurking and waiting. And if you walked under a tree or you went into the shade, the mosquitoes would eat you alive. In fact, even at night when the sun began to go down, the mosquitoes would come out from the shade and they would be everywhere. You really couldn't spend a lot of time in the summer outside... Uh, without being somewhere inside of a um, screened-in porch because you were going to get eaten alive by mosquitoes. Now, over the course of time, we as human beings have created different things um, such as off and other kind of bug-repellent mosquito-type stuff where you spray it on your body and the mosquitoes don't like it, and so they leave you away. You know what? We, we That stuff repels... Mosquitoes, because we don't want mosquitoes. If we wanted mosquitoes, we would have a different kind of scent that actually attracts mosquitoes. But we don't want mosquitoes, and so we use what's called a repellent. Why do we use a repellent, Charles? Well, I'm glad that you asked, because when you use a repellent, what you're trying to do is attract comfort. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to attract a level of comfort, a level of comfort that you can't have when the mosquitoes are bothering you. And so you utilize a repellent to get rid of the pest so that you can experience comfort. I want to talk to you a little bit about that same kind of idea when it comes to figuring out your prospects, your prospecting strategy, and the type of success rate you will either experience or not experience by being a repellent a repellent. Now the comfort level that we're talking about here is how do you get your prospects to actually like you? How do you get them to know you? How do you get them to want to meet with you and ultimately decide they want to fire the other agent and do business with you going forward? How can you actually do that? Well, you need to be able to attract them. You need to be able to find and help them to find a certain level of comfort that they're excited about, they're happy about, they're they're looking forward to, And in order to do that, you need to be able to repel everyone else. Everyone else. You know what's interesting about mosquitoes is for one reason or another, I smell amazing to mosquitoes. Man, I smell good. Um, I would go on walks with my family and it's just, it's hilarious that like the mosquitoes would follow me. They would be like munching on my ankles and my shins and my calves while we're walking and I would have to like jog ahead and everybody would just be laughing at me because the mosquitoes are following me and they're not following other people. I have a, a special aroma. A musk, if you will, that really attracts the mosquitoes. But I don't want to attract them. I don't want them to be anywhere around me. I don't want them to be near me. I don't like mosquitoes. And so what I do is I use a repellent so that I can experience comfort. Here's the thing when it comes to your prospecting strategy, your branding, your marketing, all of your scripting, your email, your walk-in visits, your text messages, your YouTube videos, any kind of brochures you put together. I don't care if you're doing direct mail, you're doing billboards, whatever it is. Anything that is out there that actually explains a little bit about what you do how you're trying to reach out to your prospects, and so forth. What I want you to start doing is trying to figure out how you can begin repelling as many of the potential prospects out there that you don't really want to do business with. Repel them so much with a particular message that is so completely dialed in to the kind of prospect that you want that you achieve a certain level of comfort, I talk about it as being micro-niched. The more that you are being micro-niched, that is singularly focused on such a a sort of small small niche of businesses that they see you as the obvious choice of which agent to do business with. And when your marketing and your branding and your messaging and your scripting and your text messages and your videos and so forth are just all focused on that unique micro-niche, you will begin to repel everybody else for the most part. And by repel, I mean, they just, they don't see it as something for them. They're not necessarily interested in it. Therefore, they really don't try and look into it, reach out to you, anything like that. And you know what? That's okay. Because they weren't going to reach out to you anyway. Why? Why, Charles? Why wouldn't they reach out to me? Because you're not attracting them. You don't smell good to your prospects. I don't have to worry about attracting mosquitoes. I just smell good to mosquitoes. It's, it's, a, uh, it's not something I'm proud of, actually, but it just is what it is. I need to repel them so that I can have comfort. And the thing is, is that if you don't try and put together some kind of messaging that really, really is attractive to a singular micro niche of people, you will not have them see you as the person to do business with. You will not have them see you as the agent they should be doing business with, and they should then immediately fire the other agent. If you do not have messaging that attracts a small group of people, you're not going to win. And frankly, the thing is, is that once you put together the branding, marketing, scripting, all of that for that small group, micro niche, you will inevitably, obviously, necessarily be a repellent to everybody else who is not that small micro niche. At least as far as that branding is concerned. And so, what I'm trying to tell you here is that you can absolutely, without question, undoubtedly begin to attract the type of prospect that you want to become your client. But you cannot do it by being a generalist in your messaging. You cannot attract anybody by being wishy washy. You cannot attract anybody by being fairly bland and vanilla. You need to get really, really dialed in to the type of person and clientele that you want. And when you do that, you just go all in on the messaging, which will attract those people and will consequently repel everybody else. Great. When you do that, you have not become unsuccessful. You have become crazy successful, right? Because at the end of the day, how many clients can you actually handle? Like I've talked about this a, a number of times, and so I'm not going to try to beat this dead horse. But frankly, as an individual producer, or even as an agency owner, you literally can't handle that many clients. There is a certain number of clients that you can handle, that your account manager can handle, or that your service team can actually handle before they're pulling their hairs out and they just choose to leave. There is a ceiling. You can't. You can't even write all the accounts that are in your in your city, let alone that's out there. And so the thing is, is that you don't have to be all things to all people. You just have to be the best, most obvious choice of which agent to do business with for the fish that are in your pond. And therefore, you begin to repel everybody else. Maybe your number is 50 clients. Maybe your number is 150 clients. Whatever it is, whatever that number is that you can get in one year, that's your number. You just need to get very limited in the scope of your micro niche. You need to just get really focused, dial down, truly figure out who is your ideal prospect and not be fuzzy in the definition, but very clear. Get very, very, listen to me, very, no, you're still not listening. I need you to get very, very clear. Are you listening? I don't even know if you're listening. I'm just telling you, you need to get very clear in regards to the perfect prospect for you. If you do not have a clearly defined, perfect prospect, then everything else is out of focus. It's fuzzy. Therefore, you will not have a very good hit ratio when it comes to your branding and your messaging and your scripting and your prospecting. When you're calling on accounts for cold calling, they're not really going to resonate. Nobody's going to be responding to your emails. Nobody's going to be watching your LinkedIn videos. Why? Because you're not really dialed in on exactly who you're trying to represent, who you're trying to attract. That, I actually feel, is probably one of the biggest issues that insurance agents deal with on a regular basis when it comes to their prospecting. They're just not very clear. Just not very clear. Now, a lot of people will say, well, Charles, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to decide who my micro niche is. I get it. Um, That's one of the reasons why most insurance agencies reach out to me for one reason or another is they're trying to figure out who to go after. And I understand. It sometimes is a very difficult thing to figure out it can certainly be a little bit of trial and error trying to figure it out. There are, I absolutely believe there are certain things that you need to do in order to help you um, figure out who that ideal prospect is going to be, but I also know that it's probably one of those things that most agents actually struggle with, and maybe that's you. Are you struggling really having clarity in who your ideal prospect is? And I'm not just saying clearly. I'm like, you're so dialed in, you can see it perfectly, perfectly. And when you see it perfectly, then everything else becomes easier. You don't have to be wishy-washy about whatever your content is going to be because you know it's going to be completely dialed in to answering the problems that your specific prospect has. I'm telling you, it's also probably not just one of the more difficult things for insurance agents to do, but it is probably one of the more difficult things for them to do to submit to, if you will, to surrender to, or frankly, just to buy into. Many times insurance agents will say, well, I I don't want to just kind of like, you know, box myself in because then I'm excluding other people from potentially like reaching out to me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. But they weren't going to reach out to you in the first place. See, that's the real issue here, is that you weren't attracting anybody. You weren't attracting anybody. In fact, you were repelling everybody by being so whitewashed. You were repelling everybody by being so fuzzy. There was nothing valuable. They found nothing to be attractive. But the more attractive your messaging is to them, it's because it's dialed in. And so you must repel everybody who is not a perfect client for you. Can I give you an example? So I obviously, um, you know, even as the name of this podcast is, Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast, it is geared towards insurance agents who do not want to be mediocre. It is geared and faceted towards insurance agents who want to continue to write new business. It is not a podcast that I would expect to be listened to by insurance agents who are happy with the status quo. It is not an insurance podcast that I would think people would listen to it if they are stuck on cruise control, if they're just, you know, past the point of trying to write new business. Frankly, those agents could care less about my podcast, and that's great because it's not for them. It's literally not. It's made, produced, recorded. I'm sitting here talking in front of a microphone, looking at myself on a recorder because I'm trying to articulate a certain message that's going to resonate with you who are trying to actually sell new business. Period. And it's called Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast because it has nothing to do with account managers. I am not trying to reach out to CSAs. I'm not putting together a podcast that's going to help people in the claims department at a carrier. I'm not trying to resonate with underwriters. I'm not trying to resonate with sales reps. I'm not trying to re- resonate with with customer service people, with receptionists. I'm not trying to even, you know, really resonate with people that are insurance producers but they're not producing. I am singularly focused in people who are predominantly independent agents, not even necessarily captive people, independent agents who are producers that are selling predominantly commercial lines insurance, not even necessarily personal lines, although you can certainly sell personal lines, there's no reason whatsoever, but but PNC, EB, personal lines I'm not really interested necessarily in life insurance agents or annuities. I'm really trying to get dialed in and focused in so that whoever is my ideal prospect, as far as listening to this podcast is concerned, that they will hear the message and it will resonate with them. Therefore, I exclude everyone else. That's, I believe, how you should Prospect. Try and put something together that attracts a certain amount of people in such a way that they see you as the perfect choice of which agent to do business with. And therefore, every aspect of the rest of your business is going to completely repel everyone else. Don't be concerned about it. Don't worry about it when they are repelled. Again, why? Because they weren't going to cut you a check anyway. They weren't going to meet with you. Whatever your messaging was, was just bouncing off the walls, going through one ear and out the other. Nothing. Nothing to show for it. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. The more, my friends, the more that we can get really focused in our branding and marketing messaging, the better off you will be. Do you like to fish? Anybody here like to fish? Well, even if you don't like to fish, you can still grasp the basic concept of what I'm going to be talking about. I like to fish. I actually like to uh, walk through the rivers and fish. That's kind of fun. You know, just going after like bass and just kind of pulling worms through the water and so forth. That's kind of fun for me. Um, don't necessarily like to be on the ocean because I get get, uh, seasick. That's no fun. But one of the things you can learn about fishing pretty quick is that you might use different fishing poles based upon the size of the fish that you're expecting to catch. You're going to use a different kind of line for the type of fish you're trying to catch. You're going to have a different type of lure or bait for the type of fish you're trying to catch. You're going to go to a different type of water based upon the fish you're trying to catch. Salt water, fresh water. You're going to go to a, p- a pond, a lake, an ocean, a river based upon what you're trying to actually catch because what type of fish you're trying to attract is going to be based upon the lure, the, the line, the pull the type of water that you're going after, and frankly, even what geographic location you're at, right? Um, If you're trying to fish for Northern Pike, you're not going to find a lot of that in California. So based upon how you fish is going to determine, or rather what kind of fish you want to catch, will determine all of those things, the geographic location, the, the pole, the line, the lure, the type of body of water, and so forth, so that you can actually catch the fish that you want. The same thing goes, my friends, when it comes to your insurance prospecting. The ocean is yours. The world is yours. That's right. But you can't catch every fish that's in the world. Don't even try. What you want to do is catch the biggest fish in your pond. Make your pond your pond. You get to decide what your pond is going to be. You get to build it. You get to decide where it's going to be. You get to decide what it's going to look like. You get to decide what fish are going to be in it. You get to decide how big those fish are going to be, right? You get to decide all of that. You just need to be the best fisherman in your small little pond. And when you are the best fisherman in your pond, you catch the most and biggest fish out of that pond. Is this resonating with you? Are you getting it? Because if you're not, would you please just like stop listening because you're not really trying to sell insurance? I don't know what you're doing. But if it's resonating with you, then continue to keep pushing. Like Get more defined. Get even more clear, if you will, when it comes to the type of prospect you're going after because it is only going to be in your favor. You will get the absolute best results by being more clearly defined in what you want to write. I truly believe... And maybe you'll agree with this, maybe not. That's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. But I truly believe that the entire industry and society as a whole is becoming less generalist and much more interested in finding the brand that that really speaks to them. Right? Something that really speaks to them. There's lots of gyms and fitness clubs out there to choose from. Which one attracts you? There are some gyms that are just like pure free weights. There's a bunch of sweaty guys, in there just doing squats all day. And that might be exactly what you're looking for. Whereas there might be something completely different for somebody else. Somebody else is looking for more of kind of a holistic approach and just, you know, not just free weights, but free weights and cycling and, you know, resistance and um, massages and, you know, classes and just different things like that. It just kind of depends. Everybody wants something that's different. Some people want to be able to work and exercise, work out and exercise out of their own house. They want a Peloton versus something else that just resonates with them. Great. Great. That's where we're going. Everybody wants something more specialized, everybody wants something for them. Not too many people want everything. You know what? Here's if I can get like very sort of crystallized, crystal clear on this is that nobody craves generic brands. Nobody is thinking, you know what? I wish I could really have a generic dessert right now. I remember when I was a little kid um, going to the grocery stores, you'd ever see those like generic brand food. Like you would have like the, the more expensive brands, the, the, the big name brands. But then there would be the generic foods inside the grocery store and they were like really ugly packaging. It was white and black and that's all it was. And when you saw that in your cart, you just knew right off the bat, generic. I remember all of that because I didn't have a lot of money in our family. There wasn't much money in the family. And so when we went grocery shopping, the Specs very often had a cartload of generic brand food just because that's what we could afford. And I just always remember, generic equals poor. I always remember that. Generic equals being poor. Nobody craves generic food. I can tell you, I ate generic um, desserts while I was in my school, you know, send like desserts into the into your lunches. You get like a little um, you know, you could have a hostess apple pie versus a generic apple pie. I'm just telling you, it's a night and day experience, that's for sure. Oh, they're both edible, barely, and they don't taste the same. Nobody craves generic brand. Food. Nobody wants to drink generic soda. Nobody wants to drink a generic alcoholic beverage. Nobody wants to go to a restaurant that just, shoot, that just has very bland, mediocre food. People want the best. If you're going to go to a high-end restaurant, you want the best restaurant that you can afford. That's what you want. Same thing goes with selling insurance. Nobody wants a bland insurance agent. Nobody wants a bland insurance agency. Nobody wants a bland insurance policy. Nobody wants a bland insurance carrier. Nobody wants a bland customer service experience. Everybody wants something specialized. Everybody wants something important. Everybody wants something individualized. I want an insurance agent who really understands my business. I want to buy a car from somebody who really understands what kind of vehicle experience I'm interested in. I want a builder to build me a home who understands what I need for my family. We all want something that is very individualized. There is no difference when it comes to your insurance prospects. They want something just for them. Now, even insurance carriers are starting to grasp this a whole lot more, right? I mean, for all intents and purposes, there really isn't anything such as an insurance carrier that will write everything. I I just can't think of an insurance carrier that will write everything that's out there. I mean, most of them, they might have approved forms and approved rates and so forth that's set for certain classes of business, but they have no expectation whatsoever to write that business. And there's a whole lot more that they will exclude to be able to write rather than what they will actually write. Now, let's just think about it. Think about this. If you could put on a piece of paper all the kind of industries that are out there, all the different exposures that are available in order for an insurance carrier to write. Just make, maybe you drew a big circle to represent that on a piece of paper. Now, what exactly does an insurance carrier want? What are they willing to write? Well, that would be a much smaller circle inside the bigger circle, right? So it would be a much smaller circle inside the bigger circle of what could be written. Now, even inside that second circle, which is what they, that they would be willing to write, I want you to even draw a very small circle inside that that one. A third circle, very small, inside the second circle. And that third circle now represents their appetite list. What they're really wanting to write. You know that list because sales reps show up to your agency all the time talking about these are the things that we would like to see. These are the things that are really hot right now. These are the things that we're seeing that we're being very competitive on. These are the things that we want to grow, right? Because they realize that they can write more business by being micro-niched. They can really begin to resonate, and they go after the stuff that they feel is going to be more profitable for them. They go after an area, a class of business, a couple classes of business, a few, whatever it is, because they realize that there is a chink in the marketplace They can actually find a place that they can be very, very successful at writing business, and so they go all all in so much so that they go and meet with all of their appointed indie agents and they say this is the list these are the 11 things that we really want to write you bring these 11 things to us and we're going to have a very successful relationship going forward right so even insurance carriers do this why don't you what, what is your agency so amazing that it literally attracts everybody out there No, it's not. There's literally not. I mean, even if you did high-end personal lines, you did high-net-worth personal lines, then what you're doing, in essence, is that you're repelling everybody else that does personal lines or that has like a personal lines, right? You're you're just ignoring the sort of like regular person who owns a house that's really not high-net-worth. If you're really focused on high-net-worth and your branding is focused on it and so forth and all your prospecting, then you're really not going to be interested in writing somebody who's got like a $200,000 house. Period. In essence, the same kind of thing goes for somebody that's just really focused sort of on Main Street USA. If Main Street USA commercial is really kind of like where the heart of your agency is at, that's really your focus, you're probably not going to resonate with very large manufacturing companies. It's just not going to happen. I was talking to an agent yesterday. This guy's a good agent, really good guy. He's got a great heart, has a great desire, uh, has a lot of different clients, and he's still fairly young. He's in his uh, kind of like mid to late 20s. And he had a couple of ch- um, opportunities to talk to some like very large companies. These companies weren't just large; they were huge. They were multinational organizations. They had billions of dollars um, in assets and so forth. And so he had a chance like to talk to these people. Um, but the thing is, is that he came obviously. You know, he just he looks like he's young. He just doesn't look like he's been around the block for a long time. Um, the agency, great agency, just really probably not set up to write that type of an account. They're just not attractive. And, you know, after I think the first meeting or so, it was obvious that that company didn't want to go to the second step with, with this particular agent. And it's like, well, why not? This would have been a great opportunity. Well, I mean, yeah, great company. Just not a real good opportunity because there was just no way that the agency was going to be able to handle it. No way that the agent was going to be able to resonate with them. Great opportunity. Great job prospecting to get in the door. But once it was in the door, they realized that there's just nothing nothing there. There's no opportunity. Well, wrong fish. Wrong fish. That fish was way too big for the, um, the, the line. Way too big for the pole. Way too big for the tiny little boat. There's just, there are some things that you literally can't do, but there's a lot of things you can do. What can you just flat out dominate in? I want to remind you that whatever you dominate in, you will repel everything else. Now again, like even getting back to the insurance carriers, right? Let's say they say, we want to write contractors. Great. Does that mean they write every contractor? Probably not. They might say, well, we would like to write the plumber, we would like to write the masonry, the electrical. I'll say, do you want to write roofers? No, we don't want to write roofers. Why not? They're great. They pay so much premium. Yeah, they don't want the exposure, right? They don't want that exposure. Well, what about the track development contractor or maybe the condo? Do you want to write new construction condos in California? No, they don't really want to write new construction condos in California. Why? Because you're guaranteed to be sued for a lot of money. It's just not going to work out in, the, in your best interest as an insurance carrier. So they just don't even want to write it, right? I mean, carriers will write business in Oregon. They'll write business in Nevada. They might write business in South Dakota and over there, you know, even maybe in my good old state of Tennessee. But do they want to write that same class of business in California or Florida? Nope. Why? Because it doesn't work for them. They are repelled as far as that is concerned. So, so many of these things are the same for you as an individual agent. And if you are listening to this podcast, I know that this is likely resonating with you. I know that you are hearing it. I know you're still probably trying to figure it all out, however. You're trying to figure out what your micro niche is going to look like and how your messaging is going to, uh, how your messaging is going to come across and what to say in your scripting and how to set up your LinkedIn profile and, and all of that. I get it. It is a struggle. It is a challenge. But I can also tell you this it's really not as hard as you think. Sometimes you just need to have your hand held by someone who has kind of figured it out, someone who has helped hundreds of agents figure it out. If you need some help, reach out. I'd like to be able to see if I can help. Um, I do a lot of that in my mastermind, so I'm not going to just sit around and like, help every agent who gives me a call. But I can tell you, the help isn't too far away. It's really not that far away. But once you figure it out, Man, sky's the limit. Man, you can write a lot of business. Man, you can have a lot of fun prospecting and setting appointments and getting signed broker of record letters. Just why? Because they see you as the obvious choice. I mean, that was the first time really, I think I talked about broker of record letter even in this episode, but man, you will get More Sign broker of record letters from your prospects when you attract them with the right messaging, with the right solutions, with the right services. When you really dial in and understand their pain points, they will see that you get them. And they're so much more willing to sign a broker of record letter. So the whole idea of becoming a millionaire insurance producer... The whole idea of getting more signed broker record letters, the whole idea of winning more clients through competitive quoting, a wise competitive quoting process, is that you're just really coming across as somebody who gets them, somebody who understands them, somebody who is attractive to them rather than somebody who repels. But the more attractive you are to your singular micro niche, the more you will repel everyone else. And that's okay. And if I can flip it, just say it differently, the more you repel everybody else with your very clearly defined messaging, the more you will attract the people who are really interested in hearing it. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Network, where I teach and train insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.